So good afternoon. I'm Jim Mason. I'm president of parentalrights.org and the Parental Rights Foundation. Um, you can learn more about what we do by going to our website at parentalrights.org or the Parental Rights Foundation. With me today is a longtime advocate and supporter of parental rights. I'm very pleased to announce today that we have Dr. Lena Callantine. She is a former board member of parentalrights.org and uh, a much sought after speaker at homeschool conferences all over the country. And most importantly for the season we're in today, Lena is also a pediatrician. So welcome, Lena. Well, it's a pleasure to be here today, Jim. So um, we're not going to talk about homeschooling or parental rights per se today. <coughs> If that's okay with you. Yes, good good coughing technique there. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank that's you. a good segue. Did you do that on purpose? <laughs> that was a little so, introduction. <laughs> it's on a lot of people's mind today, um, and I'm thinking especially of, of folks who have their kids home from public school and homeschoolers who can't meet in their co-ops, and there's a lot of anxiety and a, a lot of uh, disruption and we just like to get your perspective as both a, a medical doctor who treats children and as a homeschool mom and as a parental rights advocate. What's going on and what's, what are you telling people today? Well, I have noticed there's been a, a little bit of a hysteria going on, you know, particularly all the jokes around toilet paper and all those types of things. I think as I kind of distill and talk to people who are asking me questions and concerns, there's some things that um, are concerning and there's some things not too concerning. So depending on um, how you're kind of navigating it, I think it is really difficult for all of us to be in our homes and really not know what's going on and what news to believe and what news not to believe. I think it's a very confusing time. So what are you telling people about... Uh you know, social distancing, and I'm, I'm sure you're involved in some homeschool groups and other kinds of um, gatherings. What, what are you telling folks? Well, I, the, the big thing is, that the question is, is social distancing necessary? And as, a, as a, um, a physician, I would say most definitely. I think a lot of the issues that people have said, well, if I'm not at risk, why should I worry about it? You know, why don't we just quarantine those who are most at risk? Um, one of the problems is with this, this type of infection, this viral infection, it's very virulent. Um, no one has any kind of uh, defenses to this. And so the opportunity for spread is tremendous. And according to the CDC, although people are thinking, oh, well, I'm not at risk, I'm not in the risk group, about 40%, and this may change by the time this airs because uh, all the information is... Uh, almost an hour to hour, day by day thing, but about 40% of the admissions in the hospital are people between the ages of 20 to 50. And there are some pediatric hospitalizations also. So I, I think the whole thing is, well, I may not die, but you certainly could get very, very sick. So while I have you here, I'm gonna exercise a point of personal privilege. And on behalf of my 17 year old daughter, ask you a very precise question. 
So she attends a community college for a couple of classes and a, and a large homeschool co-op, both of which have been canceled. She's very athletic. Her volleyball season was yeah. canceled. And now her soccer season, you know, the, the year end for volleyball was canceled and the beginning of soccer is canceled. And she is getting absolutely cabin fever. Mm. And a couple of her friends said, hey, why don't we meet and go on a hike together? What do you say to Abigail Joy Mason uh, <laughs> when confronted with that question? Are you listening, Abby? <laughs> well, Abby, I have two uh, college students also who have been shipwrecked at home, and they're both athletes. And myself being a former athlete also, um, I, and a collegiate athlete, I do understand that. I'm watching my sons get very creative in the types of things they're manufacturing to work out with. Um, so I do understand that pain and that sorrow, that loss. Um, um, on the other hand, you know, the same thing I've had to deal with my um, college age uh, uh, sons is that that social distance is really important. Unless you plan to walk about 15 to 20 feet away from each other, um, uh, I would not suggest being in close proximity to each other. One of the reasons is, okay, and this is what makes this, this illness so tricky. Uh, many people can be uh, asymptomatic up to 14 days before they even show symptoms. And so it's not enough just to say, well, they don't have a fever, they don't look sick and they feel well. This is what makes this disease so hard to contain because of the 14 days roughly that you can be infectious and then after you have the illness, you can, there's some literature and information coming out, you can be infectious for several days after. So mm. we have a huge range of period that someone is, and, and someone just saying, hey, I'm not sick, is probably not enough of a, a, um, an assurance that that is. And so that's why the importance of the social distance. And besides, Abby, you got your dad at home. <laughs> so you don't want to bring that back to the house to your parents and I assume that you love them and that is not something you want to put anyone else at risk in your house to. So pick up soccer is up for a while, huh? Yeah, maybe you can go out in the backyard and kick it up against something or, you know, by yourself. We have a very vigorous dog and <laughs> uh, he needs lots of walks. So that's kind of been our, our fate of late. Yes, I hear so, you. So how are you, how are you, uh, you know, you, how are you doing? You're up in uh, the Chicago area, right? Yeah, it's, it's been interesting. I actually got sick, um, which makes it a little, uh, make, brings it a little close to home as a doc. And I have my own doctors and, and because I have a, and, and have a history of asthma, I've had to be very careful um, with treating that. Because the last place I want to be as a doctor is a patient in the emergency room. I mean, the whole idea is if you need to go there, you may not have it, but you may come out with it. So um, uh, learning how to manage patients from afar and kind of empowering people how to take care of themselves and really giving them pretty stiff, uh, strict stipulations of when they should wander to the emergency room. Um, so it's been very challenging. Also, I've been part of a Facebook group with about 30,000 physicians across the country. And we've had lots of amazing conversations. People share their fears, their concerns for their families, even how to manage patients and, you know, different struggles that they're having. And it's been very good to see the collaboration that's going on between health providers across the country. I imagine you've had some travel um, canceled, just like all of us have. Um, how how um, 
How safe is it to travel by air or by uh, you know, even driving to another city today? And what do you advise people about, you know, what should they do if they absolutely have to go someplace? Well, I, I, if, if it's essential, you know, there are things that are coming up, you know, even though we have this pandemic thingy going on, life still goes on and emergencies come up. Um, and you know, that's one of the challenges that's going on. So if you do need to travel, um, making sure uh, that you limit your contacts, you know, of course, social, social distance, but if you're flying, um, that's not always com uh, comparable. Um, I know it looks stupid, but I think uh, wearing a mask is not a bad idea. And even if you're flying to take wipes with you, like sanitizer wipes to wipe down the areas, even though I think the, air, um, the airlines are trying to take more um, cautions with that, but you, it's always due diligence to do your own, um, keep your hands away from your face um, and making sure you're using proper hand washing techniques. Um, there's only, it, the, the illness is really known to be um, transmitted by respiratory droplets. So the virus lives in saliva and um, um, those types of secretions. So, um, you know, limiting your exposure to those things and making sure that you're washing your hands are going to be the biggest uh, deterrence. So put on your, your homeschool mom and homeschool speaker advocate hat for a moment. There's a lot of people unexpectedly home with their children during the school day now. And that could create a whole host of new stresses and pressures and issues that perhaps those families haven't haven't had to deal with in the, in the past. In addition to the overlying kind of anxiety about what's going on in the, the with the illness and all. So how can you? What would you say those those folks should do, and and how to how to kind of cope and and survive through this with uh, with with your broad experience in across a bunch of different fields. I think the biggest thing is, I know that for us who have been homeschooling for years, the change of this is not too much of a huge hurdle. But, you know, my heart goes out to those who, who suddenly find the world turned upside down in the last week and their children have been forced home and they've gone into e-learning. Um, and I've talked to several of my friends who are in that e-learning cycle and they're trying to reproduce um, school at home. Um, just understand that these are, are difficult times and your kids are going through the stress and there definitely needs to be some uh, decompression for this whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, pacing yourself, uh, even taking breaks. I mean, the, the whole idea is most of the schools have been canceled for the whole year. Or if they haven't, they have this wait and see approach. And so the thing is to maintain sanity and a joy of learning and a joy of being together as a family. So I would say that takes precedence over all those things. And so by looking at the things that they're learning and maybe even thinking about some things that they're might not learning that they might enjoy to learn and take that opportunity to um, kind of guide them in some unique learning experiences that they wouldn't have at school. So would you say it's okay for families in these circumstances to binge watch their favorite Netflix series? <laughs> if it's educational. <laughs> <laughs> no, aren't they all? I... Yeah, well, you know. So, uh, well, you know, I've said that uh, it, 
never been ever been sent home just to do Netflix and and that's probably the safest health health advice that we can give anybody but uh, but seriously just staying home and um, um, enjoying those opportunities to come together as a family and so I wouldn't definitely say scrap your e-learning but take that e-learning with um, an understanding and a balance of what you're trying to do because most of e-learning has been a lot of busy work um, and if there's an opportunity to um, um, pull something else out on the internet, some neat videos or something that may supplement what you're learning and just to have fun with it. Well, Lena, Dr. Callantine, um, old friend, what have I missed that you would like to share with folks in these, in these circumstances? Well, I think the most important is, I'll just put on my doctor hat, is um, some of the concern is, well, how do I know if I have coronavirus? You know, and, and coronavirus presents just like any other respiratory viral illness. Mm -hmm. Low-grade fever of 100.4, a cough and some shortness of breath. That kind of goes to a lot of things. So if you are experiencing any of those types of symptoms, don't blow it off. Don't necessarily think of write it off as allergies or something like that, even if it mm -hmm. is a cold or a virus that is not of the coronavirus, you should take it seriously, um, which means to stay at home and quarantine yourself from others who may be uh, most at risk and also call your doctor, okay? So all doctors across the country are going to telemedicine or e-visits, or they're even examining patients from the car. We've been doing that, doing fever checks from the car um, and then um, advising people how to do it. So as things kind of unfold, there'll be many people who have coronavirus who are at home. Coronavirus doesn't mean a death sentence. Um, so just understanding and being in contact with your doctor and they'll give you advice on when it's time to seek care, but then most of it can be managed from home and that will be the healthiest and safest place to manage it. Okay, is there a resource that you uh, would like to uh promote or make available to folks today, either that you're involved with or that uh, um, you would think would be really helpful? I know I'm, I'm actually putting together some information like that. Uh, I know the CDC has been a good resource, but again, that kind of changes uh, some of the information that's coming out of there. Um, and of course, your, your local health care provider. I think there's a lot of misinformation going on. And I would be careful with some of the information and how it, that's being interpreted. Okay, well, Lena, I do so appreciate your taking time out of your busy quarantine day yes. uh, to, to be with me today. And um, I'm Jim Mason and we're parentalrights.org. You can go to our website and uh, learn more about us. And if you'd like to support us, there's a place there where you can make a donation to support the ongoing work of parentalrights.org. Uh, thanks again, Lena. Really appreciate it. My pleasure.